Alright, we'll go. Alright, we're live. Coffee cool. regular, on the fly. Right. Travel right. episode. Yeah. Right. We are, are here. at Cheney's place of business. <laughs> huh? Endeavor Defense Fitness. Hillier. Yeah, hey. yeah, back in the yoga room. We're chilling it's in quiet. the yoga room. Um, Mr. Sean here. Mr. Guest of Honor. Special guest face. <laughs> episode 2. Yeah. yeah. I'm bored with the first guy, so yeah. Right. Episode 2. So we have the coffee tonic. Yeah, so explain what that is. We're going to introduce you to a beautiful, beautiful thing, man. <laughs> Coffee tonics. All right, so. Got it. And feel free to, you know, chat while I'm making this. But sure. <laughs> <laughs> what is the best coffee you've ever had in your life? Uh, we what I, the world and shit, so. I went to Columbia last December. I'm going back in a couple months, too, but... Uh, I, my host's mother made coffee that morning, and uh, I swear to God, it had meth in it, <laughs> or cocaine, or something. You know what I mean? Because I, I, I felt different. I mean, yeah. it wasn't like from a Circle K coffee or right, right. like a Starbucks. It just had like a like Jeez, the inside of my body vibrated. A little bit. <laughs> it was amazing. It was, it was a very healthy feeling, though. Yeah, it yeah. wasn't like nothing a bad, like a, like monster cool. where you're like jittery. Right. It's yeah, clean yeah. energy. Yeah. Very clean. Yeah. <laughs> Fresh as it gets, yeah. Clean me out too. Yeah, I imagine so. <laughs> All right, so. <laughs> Indian tonic water. Okay, so wait, did you already you put coffee in there and then you just put a little tonic water in there? Then I'll okay. put a little more coffee. So agave, a little bit of coffee. Okay. Tonic water, and then a little more coffee. And just there. a very refreshing little deal. Mm -hmm. oh, let me start real quick. Chopstick stir. The chopstick stir. Portable, man. Portable. Always. <laughs> All right. Oh, got a nice froth on that. Enjoy. Excellent. All right. A lid, if you would like. Sure. There you go. Easy. Pop that on. Just wake me up for the class later. Exactly. Ready to get Be bouncing. All right. All right. We got to see your reaction. He's <laughs> just like, all right. Let me swallow this gum. <laughs> I can't taint the, uh, the taste of coffee with, with mint gum. Right. Let's see here. Quick, <laughs> cleanse my palate. That is cool, man. That's like refreshing. Right? It's weird. Yes. Right? No, it's, oh. it's like, it almost even, like, you know how coffee makes your mouth drier? Yeah. This doesn't give you that automatic, like, pasty tongue dry yep. kind of thing. It's kind of like refreshing. Turns yeah. up that mouth like feel. Fresh yeah. of coffee. <laughs> yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's what we go to in the hot night, you know, the yeah. hot days, summer days. No, that's good. Yeah. That's, that's killer, actually. Awesome. Yeah. Where's that originate? So England or I don't know. Um, yeah, it was big. It was started in England, as far as I know. Someone sent me an article about it once, like years ago. Well, and I'm glad I came to learn something yeah, new. So, yeah. <laughs> cold pressed coffee, Beaver Tree Indian tonic water. That's the key. Okay. And then yeah. Oh, if you had to go anywhere, yeah. like splurge on the tonic water. And yeah. Okay. Give splurge it that on shit. the tonic water, and you're good. Yeah, yeah. that's that's really really good. Yeah. Awesome. I'm a fan. All right. Yeah. Well, I'm gonna make us some now too, since, <laughs> since we got them. Yeah. Uh, all right, so I don't really know much about you. So, like, like, where? Um, Mike said you were in the UFC back in the day. Yeah. Now I'm sure I've seen you fight then. <laughs> <laughs> uh, now, you might not have. Uh, I mean, 
Uh, a lot of honest to goodness, a lot of people don't know about me. I'm, mm. I'm, I was never any kind of a superstar. I was never a champion. Um, I, I was just a very lucky son of a bitch. Awesome. You know, in, in the martial arts world, and yeah. I was able to really uh, capitalize on being in the right place at the right time. Uh, I mean, don't get me wrong, I worked very, very hard yeah. for anything I've got, but it was... Opportunity meets uh, preparation. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. That's what luck is. Yeah. An opportunity meets preparation. Yeah. So, uh, I was born in Akron, Ohio. I was raised in the Northeast Ohio region, Cuyahoga Falls, Stowe, Youngstown, uh, Ravenna, Brimfield, I mean, just, I, yeah, I, I, I kind of lived everywhere, you know. Yeah, yeah, I lived with my mom, she was a single mom, and always having to find a place to stay, and sure, stuff sure. like that, so I, yeah. I I got to be around a lot of different people, a lot of different people, yeah. uh, a lot of different things. I also grew up with a single mom, so, yeah. Feeling, yeah. Yeah, you, yeah. you get to meet a lot of cool characters, and yeah, do a lot and, of fun and you also get to be put in some fucked up situations, too. Oh, yeah, <laughs> you know, yeah. well, now... Did you realize they were fucked up until you were an adult? Or did you uh, know at the time? <laughs> well, when I was a kid, some of it was, was uh, uh, there was times where I was afraid. Yeah. Um, you know, being a latchkey kid. Yeah. Uh, you know, I got mm. into some trouble. Uh, no. Like, you know, like, shit, you don't want your kid to... No. You don't want to have it happen to your kid. Yeah. Um, but uh, it's I, I found salvation... Uh, within the chaos through martial arts. I mean, when I was a little kid, I used to watch Bruce Lee movies, you know, five, six, you know, jumping around, mm, yeah, sounding too. like Bruce Lee, jumping on the bed and doing kicks and yeah. stuff like that. My, for like a hot, like, for like a minute, my mom got me into Kung Fu. Oh, sweet. Because that's what he started yeah. in, right? So, mm-hmm. But that, also ADHD, that, <laughs> you know, that didn't last very long, <laughs> you know. So then later on, like I was in the sixth grade, my, my old, one of my older brothers who in the 70s was a Golden Gloves champion, oh, he, uh, he started teaching me boxing. Again, my ADHD, I didn't have the discipline at the time to do it. Sure. I gotcha. But I was always kind of picked on and bullied and things like that. So my freshman year... I started wrestling, and I only did it for like a month and a half. I, I got to the point where we went to scrimmages, you know, just the first before matches, before the competition started, and just you're kind of like going to another school and uh, wrestling the other teams. And, um, uh, it was just my one year. I was only a couple months in. I wasn't really good at it, and I was just getting overwhelmed by everybody else's technique and size, and I, sure. it was just very... Like, and plus, I had, like, claustrophobia, so anytime I got, you know, oh, you, know, you, know, yeah. you know what I mean? Not yeah. being able to move from somebody, it was, you don't really want to do it. Yeah. <laughs> you know? So, then I found kickboxing, a buddy of mine, Dan Hassel-Schwartz, uh, he owns uh, Aussie Surf Shop out in Newport, Oregon. Oh, cool. Uh, he he got me into kickboxing. We were skaters. Like so, oh, right, I was nice. a skater. You know, my, yeah. my my physical progression through life was as a child, gymnastics, break dancing in the '80s, skateboarding in the mid '80s. You know, perfect. Break <laughs> and then <down>. kickboxing <laughs> into the '90s. You know, actually similar progressions then. So yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So like, I was 14, turning 15, uh, 1990. Uh, uh, I started kickboxing in uh, in Calgary Falls, and then. Uh, um, I just stuck with that, did Taekwondo and kickboxing, got my black belt in Taekwondo, um, uh, racked up a pretty good record in, in the kickboxing, it was all full contact. I was fighting people 
when I was 14, 15, 16 years old, they were all in their 30s, late 20s. You know, I was fighting yeah. men, you know, so it gave me confidence when I was beating these people as a young boy. Sure. You, you know what I mean? You know, and I got lots of positive praise from it. So, like I said, you know, the martial arts is what gave me a good positive thing. And because of all that positive praise and how it made me feel, that was that was when I was able to, like, no matter my ADHD or whatever, I was able to get past it and, and focus. Yeah. And I hyper-focused on it. Mm -hmm. uh, what's the ADHD too? Yeah. 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 So, you know, I would spend about five hours every day. Like, I would leave school and go straight to the dojo, do my homework, and then, you know, just stay until like 10 o'clock at night. Just train. <laughs> just train all day. Lots of overtraining, but. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah me too. It was still. Classic. <laughs> yeah. It seems to be like mental health is a lot of stuff we talk about too. Yeah. Like when you just address and yeah. manage to go on to, but like right. we talk about how that shit kind of just kind of saved us more or less too. Yeah. Like yeah. some yeah. way, shape, or form. Like see, my my psychologist, one of my psychologists I had in the military, they uh, as after working with me, they figured out that you know I had basically born with PTSD, mm -hmm. or my PTSD was developed in my toddler childhood. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, very. Mm -hmm. Or that I adopted my mother's from the womb kind of thing mm -hmm. like there, there's all kinds of new theories sure. out there that yeah. what your mother goes through while you're in the womb Passing you can actually stress. yeah um, the, yeah, the cortisol with, the, with kids stuff. of holocaust survivors that's actually a thing too really? they, they've they passed on that trauma because that's what they knew and you grow up kind of being around that that mindset right and you know yeah. and that theory explains instinctual behaviors mm -hmm. um like even in animals like you know it's memories are being imprinted in the dna yeah and those that dna is being passed yeah. on that's why some of us are afraid for of something for no fucking reason mitochondria and rna mm -hmm. actually come from your mother they don't make them so they're passed down generationally yeah so that's like the link to that of how you can pass those things down that's genetically right. Yeah. No, I believe in that. Yeah, you know, I mean, I, it sounds right to me. It makes it, sense. It to makes me. complete sense to me. I know what you're talking about. Yeah, <laughs> yeah we're, we're best friends now. Yeah. <laughs> just told me my own life. <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, it's pretty interesting, you know, on that subject. You know, it's funny. It's like if you just listen to anybody's story, we'll find probably, you know, lots of similarities in different ways. Yep. Mm -hmm. you, know, you might talk to somebody else because there's other parts of you more than just that, uh, right? Yeah, there is. But I mean, childhood wise, I don't get a lot of people with. That that's similar of an experience. Oh, really? Like we could have conversations that you would get that right. I never got to talk to anybody else. <laughs> oh, that's cool. Yeah, like guaranteed because I know exactly what you're going through as a latchkey kid, even as starting out as a skateboarder and then a break dancer and then going into a striking art. Like, uh, yeah, <laughs> that's pretty cool. Yeah, yeah, you're right. You're right. The, the specifics of that <laughs> is quite weird. <laughs> weird. <laughs> I have to say, yeah. Right. So maybe yeah. it's just this is just a synchronicity that we're all supposed to hang. Perfect. Yeah. Now we just recorded it for fun too. Yeah. So. Yeah, uh, tossed out to the world. Yeah. That's I think another that just goes back to showing like martial arts brings like the different types of people that you might not be exposed to together. Like mm -hmm. you know, like where else uh, would we have met? Oh yeah, like, oh, yeah. <laughs> it's a it's a mason. It's a masonic kind of like atmosphere. Mm -hmm. You know, like yeah. but it's. It's co-ed. Yeah. You know, it's yeah, not yeah, just a bunch yeah. of dudes, you know, but it's it's a great networking, great uh, place for people to, to where iron sharpens iron, so one man sharpens mm -hmm. another. It's, I mean, there's just so much goodness out of it. There's also bad, like, I mean, it can, can become cult-like and sure. no, stuff yeah. like that. But yeah. even even if it does become cult-like, as long as it's a healthy, well-balanced, <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> critically yeah. thinking cult, yeah. Yeah. you know? Yeah.
As long as people generally think. We all okay, dress the same. Yeah. <laughs> normal. It's okay. Right? Yeah. It's okay. So, but yeah. So I, I did the the kickboxing, and then um, I, I I was in Buffalo. And, oh, so rewind. I, I me and my this was right after graduation, uh, nineteen ninety three. I graduated high school. November of ninety three, the UFC one took place, and me and my buddies rented it, and uh, we were sitting there watching this, and I looked at both of them, and I said. I'm gonna be in the next one. Nice. I just, I just knew it. It was just a feeling. It was everything. Like this guy, Jason Delucia, on this stood out to me. I was like, I really like this guy. And I saw Ken Shamrock on there, and he stood out to me. But I was kind of like, oh, what kind of an attitude? It kind of seemed like he had an attitude, yeah. you know, <laughs> stuff like that. So he, I was kind of nervous about him, but he stood out to me, right? So a week after I watched this, I went to a karate tournament in Buffalo, New York that a friend of mine was hosting, Kelly and Bill Gamont. And uh, we, uh, I, I was uh, judging and refereeing and stuff like that. And, uh, and one of their friends was there, a guy named Kevin Rogier, who had fought in that first UFC. He was, I just watched this guy fight. And uh, uh, he's a professional kickboxer. And I go in and meet him and I ask him, you know, hey, I'm only four hours away and I'd like to turn pro. There's nobody around me that could train me in pro kickboxing. So, you know, I'd like to be able to make that leap. He set up to, for he made an appointment for me to have a kickboxing match right in Bucyrus at the Mad Bull. Oh, cool! Uh, <laughs> and then uh, he, he, they came and watched me fight. He said, "Yeah, I'll, I'll bring you in." So I go up to Buffalo. And this is January first, nineteen ninety four, New Year's Day, and uh, uh, I go to train with him. And you know, it's forty below weather. The snow is, yeah, yeah. you know, you know, up to your shoulders. <laughs> You know, things like that. <laughs> Perfect training. Yeah. And uh, turns out he's a, he was a bipolar manic depressant with a cocaine addiction. Hmm. Oh, so it was a wild month, you know, yeah, being in there, basically being homeless, sleeping in the cold, you know, yeah. car, you know, finding a place to crash, you know, and this guy checking himself into the loony bin, you know. I shouldn't say it like that, but you know, <laughs> you know, it's not sensitive to that. But hey, kind I have mental illness myself, so I'm going to say loony bin. Yeah. Uh, I feel like going there once in a while. <laughs> Anyway, uh, his manager, Charlie Anzalone, was like, yo, if I would have known you guys had this thing happening where you were coming up, I would have told you not to. Yeah, he's, yeah, he's not the healthiest person in the world. Um, he has since died. He died a few years ago. Oh, Lots of health complications. But mm -hmm. anyways, uh, Charlie Anzalone uh, was his manager. They got him in the UFC. He was friends with Art Davey. And uh, he asked if, you know, let's not make this trip useless would you like to fight the next UFC and I said yep yeah. you know <laughs> yep and uh, a few like a month passes everything starts selling and I'm, I'm an alternate on the card for UFC 2 nice. that's coming up that, in that March and then uh, uh, two weeks before the fight I get a call from Art Davey uh, telling me that Ken Shamrock just broke, uh, broke his hand in training uh, and that they need me to replace him so that I'll be, I was gonna, that I was gonna be on the main card. How much do you weigh at the time? One sixty nine. Okay. Nice. So you're not huge, but you're not small. Either, yeah. So. Yeah. I was okay. just a striker. <laughs> so um, I train up. You know, just nothing but striking. I'm not even thinking about grappling because I'm like every other idiot. I'm watching it in the first one. Oh, what? Just stop that. Step <laughs> Kick him in the leg and then yeah. him in the head. You know. I'm like, so I ended up being the first fight of the night. Uh, Big John McCarthy's first Let's Get It On. 
uh, his first match That's he ever so had. <laughs> so I'm, I'm all these like little tidbit, you know, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a trivia question. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? It's cool. Right? <laughs> you know, Jeopardy. You know? <laughs> so, and I, and I was the fastest loss in the night. Oh, <laughs> I fought the ninja, Scott Morris, the guy that Pat Smith elbowed the yeah, yeah, yeah. piss out of yeah, and yeah, all the cuts. Yeah, yeah. 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 yeah that, that could have been me. Oh, okay. <laughs> so, but I was talking to Pat Smith about that uh, <laughs> at the after party. And, uh, and I go, I'm so glad I lost. And he's like, why? He goes, because that could have happened to me. And he goes, no, I wouldn't have done that to you. That was personal. There were some, there were some racial <laughs> slurs being oh, okay. said. Oh, good to know. You know, beforehand. Okay. Interesting backstory. And Pat, Pat Smith and his camp heard, heard the Texans oh, camp, you know, gotcha. <laughs> gotcha. coming out. So there were some, there were some colorful, colorful and distasteful words being said. Yeah. And he literally he got he got octagon justice. But yeah, he took care of it. Yeah. Dang. Yeah, back when that was still possible. <laughs> yeah, right? yeah, yeah. Remember that was no holds barred. Uh, I mean, it was bare knuckle. Right. Uh, you know, in the you know any kind of little, any kind of fight I had outside of that was just like it was under underground. I'm not just right. saying right. sound like a cliche, That's, but there was no sanction anything sanctioned. when I was yeah, fighting. Yeah. Yeah. Could have literally been in a parking garage in the yeah. basement. Yeah. yeah, I did some stuff in a in some guy's gym in Michigan, kind of thing. Yeah. You know, it was a like speakeasy kind of uh, right. setup. You know, luckily no one had cameras on their cell phones back then. Yeah. Right? No, they didn't, didn't exist yet. Nope, nope, nope. <laughs> it, everything I did was actually before. You know, so I don't have tons of pictures and tons of. Yeah, you know, stories. I just have my what's in my mind. So if I ever right. get Alzheimer's like my mom, I'm fucked. You know, uh, the well, stories you just are gone. Out, right? Yeah, it'll be there somewhere. It'll be there somewhere. It's on here recorded. It's caught recorded. Regular. <laughs> yeah, it's here. Yeah. yeah. No, so. it's, it's a funny time to have been alive. Like my wife doesn't believe any of my stories. <laughs> I'm like, cell phones didn't exist. No one had a video camera. I swear it happened. No. And then she'll beat someone from that day. But back then, they'll be like, dude, remember that time? She goes, that's real. But yeah. Yes. Yeah. I don't make it up. <laughs> like even people like have a. There's no even social media to be like someone else to come in and be like, yeah, that happened. Like, just yeah. word of mouth. Hey, you're have like a <laughs> yeah, well, so, okay, so, so understand this. So, before social media and everything started coming around, I just never even told anybody anything because it wasn't worth saying because sure. nobody yeah. would ever fucking no, believe it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Like Fighting. Yeah, so there was no choice. You know, and, and it wasn't until my fight, because my fight was never aired. Okay. okay. It was the first, it was the only 16 man tournament there was. So, the first few, first eight fights weren't there. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. You know, the first round, the only one that got televised from the first round was Hoist Gracie versus Minoki Chahar. Okay. okay. Oh. So, um, there's that. And then uh, Ken, oh yeah, but the uh, uh, the DVD came out, it was UFC Hits 2, Volume 1, or something like that, that had special features and my fight was actually on it. No way. Yeah, yeah. So then I was able to actually show something. Yeah, yeah, that's cool. Yeah, yeah, there was real. no other way. <laughs> now we got to buy that on Amazon. Yeah. I had lost this UFC magazine that I was in and uh, stuff like that. So that was long gone. Yeah. Like, I, I was, it was cool. After the fight, after I went home to the Acme and went to the magazine and found myself on the shelf. That was the first time anything like that ever happened. I was oh, like, that's wow. Awesome. That's sweet. That was weird. <laughs> so, but while I was at. Uh, you know, the week prior to the UFC, um, I had trained a few times in front of Ken Shamrock a while because he still came to, you know, make an appearance and be there. Yeah. And he recruited Jason DeLucia and I to go be uh, at the Lions Den to okay. go live with him in California. So, and then also I got a, a offer from Gerard Gordeau oh, to go okay. live with him in The Hague. 
and go with the Dutch kickboxing. That would be nuts. Right? So I was talking to Charlie and you know Charlie Anzalo, and I was like, who should I go with? And he's like. Knowing your personality and <laughs> your appetites, you should probably go to California with Ken instead of the Hague. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I, I uh, felt right about that and, and uh, cool, took my earnings and uh, I bought an uh, ounce of weed, bought some acid, and I uh, went on a vision quest to decide what I was going to do. And by the end of it, I knew I needed to move out to California. And You're good I, to I became one of the, you know, one of the first. Uh, you know, members of the Lions then. I mean, there, I mean, it was already going on. But you had just people recruited. who came and go, came and go, and then but like Jason Delucia and I came in, and then we picked up Frank uh, Juarez. Um, uh, he, Frank Shamrock was my roommate. Jason lived downstairs. We trained together every single That's day. That's sweet. I was only out there for a few months. I ended up getting a really bad neck injury. Yeah. But, you know, it was hell. You know, we did the 500 squats every other day, mm -hmm. 200, 500 squats, 200 yeah. push-ups, 200 sit-ups, run two miles. Was, I mean, it was, that was... 90s training. Day to day. 500 squats <laughs> nonstop. <laughs> yeah. That was hell. <laughs> but I, I, I learned toughness. First thing Ken did to me, ripped both my ankles. First submission hold I ever learned and was put in was heel hooks. Welcome <laughs> <laughs> to grappling, motherfucker. Yeah, he, he, he ripped both my ankles and then I had to go run two miles. <laughs> but Jason Delucia and I, we didn't have to do the uh, the uh, old school uh, initiation, which was fighting Ken full go, pancreas rules okay. for twenty minutes. But we got to watch Frank do it. He had to prove himself. <laughs> Jason and I already fought in the UFC, right? Okay. We're, we're all proven fighters, right? We're, sure. We know what's happening. We know. So, but what he does to people coming off the street is it was a twenty minute thing. And it, see, most people hear now about like he had like. Uh, uh, special forces kind of try out, you know, yeah. just like lots of different, it'd be what we call circuit training. Sure. You know what I mean? <laughs> just, just longer, less than circuit training. So it was kind of like a soft, a CrossFit marathon is basically what he ran people through and then you'd have to go fight for five minutes, kickboxing five minutes, you know, yeah. do all these different things. But back then it was just straight 20 minutes, full go, Twenty, you know, you know, and you had to survive. So, Frank comes, walk, Frank comes walking in, eating a Carl's Jr. burger, right, right before the initiation. He's slamming this thing, and he's all strut and stuff. And he's, I mean, he was huge, just long hair. You know, I mean, the dude was just chill. I mean, he looked like a native warrior, like you know, like, uh, it was, the dude was a specimen. You know, but first thing Ken does. Palms him right smack in the nose, breaks his nose, heads him over, head, you know, controls his head, snaps him down, knees him in the ribs, breaks his ribs, throws him down, chokes him out. Okay. Out. Okay, so in Minute initiation, one. there is no tap and let go okay. for a choke. If you're in a choke, you're getting choked out, you're going to be revived and you're going to start again. Okay. Now, if you're puke, got to puke, you're going to go puke and then you come back. Right. So he went and puked up that... Carl's Jr. Burger. That was within the first five minutes, and he finished the rest of this. You know, I mean, he got his ass beat, but and Jason and I were like looking at each other. Like, I'm so glad I fought in the UFC. So much easier. I only, I only had a fight for like 35 minutes, 35 seconds. I mean, you know, it's way better. Like, I forget what my match was. It was like a 45 second loss. I can't remember. It was something. I mean, it might even been less than that. But uh, I was just like. Oh. 
I'll take that shit all Dude, day. Dude, that because I probably wouldn't have made it, to tell you the truth. I don't know, because I was 19 years old. You yeah, know, I was like, yeah. I was 18 when I fought in the UFC, and then I turned 19 at the Lions Den. So, but yeah, that was that that's was my nuts. 1994. That's, yeah. that's a that's good a, story. That's fucking yeah. bonkers. <laughs> yeah, damn. See, that's like what we always talk about. But, like, oh, fucking old school drink. Like, that's it. Yeah, that's fucking it. I mean, <laughs> I tell you, like the the toned down version that just the other day happened to me. We were at jujitsu, and I trained in a place called Ronin. Oh yeah, and, uh, Vitor Olivares. Yeah, Vitor. Yeah. Um, Jake McKenzie also teaches there now. And um, class was warming up and Jake's just chilling on the side. And it's a big line. So I just waltz it. Like I'm pretending like I'm sitting on a chair. I'm just chilling. And he goes, how long can you do that? I'm like, how long do you want me to do it? And I'm like, <laughs> he's like, that's crazy. It looks hard. I'm like, it's not. It's comfortable. He goes, why? I'm like, it's, we used to have to do it. Uh, and I don't know, you know, five, yeah, 10, 15 you, minutes, you know. Yeah. Like, I used to just go to sleep. Yeah. But he's like, that's what? Old, old you used condition. to sleep like that? I'm like, well, yeah, I've been here for a long time. Oh, it's weird. What do you mean? Okay. And it's just, you know, just dumb little things like that. And like initiations, you fight right. for 20 minutes. Yeah, I've had that. People walk mm-hmm. in. It's really funny. Yeah, but yeah. everyone has like a story from those times if you trained in the 90s. Yeah. And it's all these little things that people just don't believe. And you're like, yeah, that yeah, seemed normal. Was, was, Isn't that what they did? Yeah. I think people very... just watch Kung Fu movies and said, <laughs> okay. <laughs> no, it really was stupid. Yeah. Yeah. It's fucking A lot of it, you know, like, it was uh, people don't even know why they were doing what they were doing. No. Just, yeah, yeah. yeah, they had no yeah. idea. I yeah. remember one day I got knocked out. I got knocked out twice. I got my nose broken all in the same day. I drove home. Yeah. Didn't um, think twice about it. Yeah, it was like, if it hurt, beat it harder. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was, that was the up. science and the medicine. Yep. You'll adjust. You'll adjust. <laughs> That's funny. Now it's fuck that. Everyone's mm. you know, recover nicely and stuff, and that's cool. I like yeah, that. Yeah, well, science science progresses <laughs> us. You know, yeah. I, I believe in science. Absolutely. Also, a primary topic of our discussions: recovery. We talk about that all the time. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I've had eighteen surgeries, and I've invented, you know, uh, and invented uh, equipment for healing too. Oh, you know, nice. like for recovery of joints and, and the full body of recovering full range of motion. Really? Yeah. Stuff like that. He's cool. had all sorts of hip stuff and crazy yeah. madness. Three surgeries. So. <laughs> oh, yeah. Two hip surgeries and an eye surgery. What kind of hip surgeries you have? Uh, femoral acetabular impingement. So okay. uh, I basically just had nasty bone spurs and deformed. My heads and my femurs were deformed. Okay. So they basically went in with a Dremel tool and a staple gun and just sort of... Kind of resurfacing. Yeah. Just you. You know, shaved it all down, showed my labrums back up. And, um, yeah, eight and a half hours worth of surgery. I'm good, man. Yeah, I, had a, I had a cataract removed in the last year. Cataract? Wow, man, you rarely ever hear about that anymore. Yeah, everyone kept telling me, how? You're, you're too young. Everyone else was 80. I'm like, um, Oh, shit, my mom was born with cataracts, and there's no age for that. You yeah, know, no, like, like, cataracts are in my family. Yeah. So they found it in 05, and I'm just kind of waiting. <laughs> oh, okay. And it got to the point where, like, just light would hit it. Watching could, you yeah, just watching you and losing your sight. Losing my vision, and, like, it was just kind of wax paper eye for a while. Wow. And I'm like, well, I should probably get that fixed. Get that taken care of. Now I have, like, perfect nearsighted vision. Yeah, <laughs> no, that's awesome. Yeah, like, they just do a lens implant? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. You know, hour worth of prep, five minutes of surgery. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I remember when my mom had both for hers, like the lens implants done, yeah. and her being able to see afterward it was pretty cool. Yeah, but she grew up blind. Oh, uh, I was legally blind until I was like six. 
Uh, I just have like shitty vision. So, Damn. Yeah. <laughs> Last key kid in blind. Yeah, wow. yeah, 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 you had an interesting start. I get around. <laughs> yeah, man. So, yeah, so after like I got injured, uh, I came back home from California and uh, took some time off fighting myself. And then I got married in 97, moved to Ashland. Right. And then I met John Saylor. Yeah. You know, he actually... It was Fritz Goss and what uh, Casey Seabon, weren't they? Kind of like was, I just heard a story the other day about Ronan. Kind of like the actual beginnings of Ronan. I have, have connections with Casey Seabon and Fritz Goss, or something I believe like that. So, like, so, yeah. like sure, anybody who's known Fritz Goss has known who John Saylor is. Yeah, you know the Shingi Tai methodology of training. Yeah. Um, you know, it used to be called Shingi Tai Jiu Jitsu, but because of you know, other jujitsu and stuff like that. It, we just kind of like, you know, let's go back to what it really is. It's kind of like the conjugate method, you know, Louis Simmons, Westside Barbell. It's kind of like the conjugate method approach of martial arts. Oh, cool. Okay. Yeah, see what Shingitai is, is John Saylor back in, before the UFC even happened, he was the head coach at the Olympic Training Center in Colorado Springs. So you had all these different martial arts, like he's a judo coach. Oh, judo coach. Okay. Mm-hmm. So you had judo, karate, uh, wrestlers, you know, what are the, the you know, the combat sport yeah, boxers, kind of yeah. you know, and he would have like little kind of matches of like finding out whose art were, oh, was the best. Cool. So he was already doing so it. So he, he was, and what cool. he did was he basically <laughs> syllabized a mixed, a traditional mixed martial art. He created a syllabized traditional mixed martial art. So Shingi Tai Jiu Jitsu was what we would call a complete Okay. Martial art. He he was trying to bring back real jujitsu, yeah. like like jujitsu from what it originally was. Like samurai, striking, yeah. striking, throwing, yeah. submissions, all of it. Yeah, like you had to have it all. So it, he he first called it Shingitai Shingitai Goshin Jitsu, and then he changed it to Goshin or Shingitai Jujitsu, just because Jujitsu, the word of it, was the best description. Yeah. And then after the UFC, the BJJ, you know, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. Gracie yeah. Jujitsu, BJJ, and it kind of the marketing of that kind of drowned out that idea. So nobody really ever, oh, that's not, this isn't Brazilian Jujitsu, this isn't Gracie Jujitsu, so it can't be good. Right, yeah, motherfucker. You know, I mean, if you're, especially if you're a mixed martial artist, Shingi Tai is a great base. But one thing we've realized, you know, in, in, in a lot of it, it's not an art. Because what we do is we take all things, you know, like, like you know, we have Sambo guys, we have Judo, we have, you know, kickboxers, you know, all that kind of stuff. But we all learn it. Say, for me, example, I take my style is K1 kickboxing stance, you know. Yeah. striking style mixed with the judo and catch wrestling and you know all these kind of things and I take all these pieces and I put them together mm-hmm. and what the Shingi Tai philosophy is is Shin is strengthen strengthen the mind have heart you know uh, Gi technique have sound technique and Tai is the body you know strong body flexibility you know the ability to continue to train so the, the Shingi Tai philosophy the Shingi Tai methodology is good for anyone it's good for a BJJ, like for a BJJ person can use the Shingi Tai philosophy, the Shingi Tai methodology within their training. A kickboxer can do the same, MMA guy. So it doesn't really matter what it is. So we wanted, we kind of like dropped the jiu-jitsu part because yeah. it's more of a methodology. It's more of a philosophy and principle than it is. Okay. It's about achieving balance. Sure. Being a sure. complete martial artist. Yeah. So... It, it'll help you if you're lacking in one area, but it's it's really great about the the training is the main 
core part is yeah. how we achieve success in training. That's cool that he got those different Olympians to go at each other. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's fun though, and then just took notes on it. Yeah. Oh yeah, that works. I mean, yeah. So within the art, yeah, it's anything. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's all arts are welcome. Right. That's cool. That, yeah, I mean, with the just the evolution of MMA and stuff, like, you used to have, like, the specialists and stuff, and now it's turned into everyone just trains MMA right. or trains, they're, like, the same right. fighter virtually, almost. It's yeah, like, it's like, like yeah. there's, like, a paint by numbers. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Nowadays, yeah, it's... It's yeah. kind of boring sometimes to watch. Yeah, a little sad. bit. Because yeah, you can take two equally bad people, and they can actually do a good fight. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because when it comes fight, down yeah. to, you know... Yeah, on the same Banging level. around, yeah. Uh, Except for when they just can't finish each other. I mean, that's... <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. But, you know, like, Cody Stevens and I, were, we were talking uh, this weekend about, you know, it's one thing to win... But to, like Buzz Lightyear says, you know, if you're gonna fall, fall, it's falling with style. Yeah. You know, yeah. but like yeah. win with style. You know, set yourself apart. Like fucking have great throws. These you know, crazy. have yeah. great strikes. Yeah. Increase your uh, flexibility. Increase your ability to to be acrobatic. You know, acrobat acrobatics yeah. gymnastics to me is absolutely essential. It's the best strength training there is. Anybody <laughs> telling you. Yeah, we talk about that shit yeah. a lot. Dude. Dude, look, look at those gymnasts, man. Those uh, those shoulders, if I had those shoulders, I would never have a problem. Yeah, yeah. yeah. They're yeah, fucking they're bulletproof, like, man. Bowling like, balls on there. It's actually you know, one of my uh, summer projects. Yeah. Bulletproof shoulders. <laughs> yeah, well, no, I'm going to um, get back into rings. I'm going to hang oh, okay. the rings up and actually start working on that. I've, um, I've been putting together some. I'm a strength conditioning coach by education as well. And, um, yeah, I'm talking about gymnasts, I've been looking at, I've been studying a lot of gymnastics, just applying it to strength training, and just pulling out, pulling out things to mess with. Yeah. Oh yeah, but they're the best, man. Yeah, yeah I it's mean, and, and you really realize this stuff as you get older. And like, I've had 18 surgeries now, four alone were on my spine. You know, so you know, and they're looking at having to go back in. I was on the way down. I was making an appointment with a pain management doc to start setting up. I have to get the do the injections yes. first because I'm, I'm fused at L4 and L5. Okay. Now, traditionally, uh, L5, S1, and L4, L3, those discs should be the next ones to go. Yeah, because of There's the pressure, yeah. right? But however, it skipped L3, uh, L4, and I'm bad at L2, L3 now. Oh, interesting. So I, I'm come hell or high water. I'm going to avoid a fusion, you know. So I'm, they're talking about doing the cortisone yeah. shots and and then uh, nerve ablation mm-hmm. just to calm the nerve. Like when I was with you last time, when mm-hmm. I came into that private with you, yeah. I was in hell. I f- yeah, I remember. You okay, I was hurting, and then yeah. and then uh, I went over to Dave Freetag's place mm-hmm. um, at Red Grove City, and uh, I rolled over there, and I. I was so weak. I mean, I got everybody plowed through me. Every, wow. I mean, I, I'm a black belt, and I had blue belts destroy me because I just my legs were almost useless. Yeah, you know, I couldn't yeah. keep upright. You know, my posture is always like yeah. this when I go, and I'm just caught, you know, anytime I would just break. Yeah, you know, straight up and down. I was out, and I was just going through hell. I was almost in tears. But uh, I get some bad days, and then I was driving for this past year for Grappling Industries, you know, driving the truck with the trailer, mm-hmm. with oh. full production in it. Yeah, that's nice. That's you know, good. you're I'm driving all around the country and sitting like this, so my iliopsoas, yeah. both my iliopsoas are, are shortening, and and then, like, where the iliopsoas connects into the spine, you know, because uh, yeah. the doctor was like, how in the hell 
you know, did you lose L2, L3? And I'm like, well, I've been sitting oh, for a long time and that thing, yeah. and it can pull, you know what I mean? Because yeah. my disc is black, like the, like yeah. all my discs are white, that's just, I have a black disc between L2 and L3. Uh -huh. And I says, yeah, that, that might, that's, that's the only thing I've done different. So sitting for a year it is yeah. complicated and uh, uh, compromised my, my spinal health once again. So now that I'm home, I'm done driving, I'm just, I'm full time, uh, uh, doing seminar, um, you know, anytime I get a seminar, private lessons, I'm, I coach Tuesdays and Thursdays and Saturdays up at Strong Style. Um, so I'm, I'm kind of, I'm staying in Ashland, so I'm yeah. splitting my time between my friends in Columbus and <laughs> oh. Cleveland, you uh. know, so I've got lots of friends down here, you know, Sean Foster, Sarah Foster, oh, yeah. Yeah. you know, <laughs> Devin Kate, uh, uh, who else, uh, Rich, Rich Cook. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Dan Siegel, Dave Freetag, uh, Travis Haynes. Uh, you know, I'm making uh, Jason Apps. Yeah. I was gonna say, oh, uh, Jackson and Sophia. Yeah, you know, yeah. I mean, I just have tons. Yeah. You know, yeah. it's like, yeah. and, and like the, all the people I'm being friends with are all pretty, yeah. pretty much. They're my tribe. You know what I mean? And yeah. then this, the same friends that I have up, in, you know, the friends I have in Cleveland. Any of these guys, any of you guys would probably enjoy them. Too, yeah. So. Absolutely. Well, I gotta go. I gotta go yeah, yeah. Cool. Okay. back in a little bit. All right. Keep talking. We'll just keep yeah, kicking. Keep it going, guys. Come back in. Cool. Next time you come down, um, we should work together. Okay. I got all the strengths and conditions. Yeah, yeah, and, and I'll show you. I'll, I got you. today. I'll show you the video of what I got, and then I'll bring down what I got, or I'll show you how to make what I got, and maybe. Because yes. I'm trying to figure out how to launch it. I haven't Damn. done an LLC. I don't have. A, I'm a, literally uh, about to do that stuff. Oh, uh, so. what do you call it? Uh, I got to do a. Uh, oh. uh, Patent pending, you know, stuff like oh, that. Yeah, I really want to see that. Waiting to launch it. So, but uh, Louis Simmons at Westside's already. I've already had him in his gym. These things I have, I had him in his gym. He's like, yeah, these are fucking great. And then I had uh, uh, Dave Tate huh. from Elite Fitness Systems. Yeah. Dot com. He was working right. on. Me. He's like, where'd you get these from? I go, I made them. He goes, I want these on my shelf. Yeah. You know, so I got some, got some people. beta. I got some beta. I did some beta tests. I get them to chiropractors to try. You know, everybody. And they're like, "Oh my God, nothing's like." Louis said, "Nothing shocked his shoulders because he just had shoulder replacement surgery. He's, he's, yeah. he's had nothing that could shock his yeah, shoulders yeah, yeah. as good as what these things did." Dude. So yeah, I look forward to that. Yeah, so. All right, well, I'll be back in a little while. Yes, yeah, we'll be here. Um, yeah. We're chilling. We got time. You can find the stuff, but yeah, there's more sure. coffee. Feel Sweet. free to Actually, drink yeah, it if you don't want to sleep for the next three days. Yeah, fuck um. that. <laughs> Some gifts for you, sir. Oh, thank you. He's Slipper Santa, so he gives everyone slippers oh, whenever that, he comes by. So he just always got yeah, that's mad cool. slippers. So. Thank you. <laughs> and then got some Korean instant coffee. It should taste super right. good. So if you ever need to pick you up on the go, Sweet. you're good. So yeah. Back to the the origins. <clears throat> Need more? Are you good? No, I'm good. Cool. cool. I had that bang. Oh yeah, yeah. It's just a, got my catch you later, dude. Right, we'll be here. Well, yeah, man. Yeah, thanks for coming. Thanks for doing it. Love it. Um, your background, like, when did grappling start to? 
take over for you? Like, when did that really start to shift? The like, second I was choked. Yeah. In the UFC, <laughs> you know, and then uh, moving in with Ken Shamrock, that was my first thing. It was catch wrestling, mm -hmm. you know, Fujiwara Gumi yep. stuff, you know, the stuff that you see, like people posting, like old Japanese yeah. people doing stuff in the ring with Speedos on. Well, those, yeah. that's, that's the lineage, you know, yeah, that's, yeah, that's yeah. The, the kind of stuff I was learning. Um, and then I got to John Saylor and uh, became a judo black belt under him and the Shingi Tai. Yeah, you know, that methodology. Black belt. So <laughs> you know, I became a black belt with him. Um, you know, and, and John is the one that really brought it because his judo is the old school judo. Mm -hmm. You know, it was heavy nawaza. You know, uh, there's there's the Gracie Challenge came to. Uh, the uh, Olympic Training Center, yeah. you know, and the footage of him and Horian grappling never made the cut. Okay, <laughs> for a reason. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> because the Gracies did not win yeah. that day with him, and he had a paralyzed shoulder to boot. So he was yeah. fighting Horian Gracie with a paralyzed shoulder and didn't lose. And that's fucking tight. <laughs> I'm not saying he won. I'm just saying he didn't. Lose. He doesn't yeah. like the story being told because you know. But you know what? Sure. The story needs to be told. Yeah, that's, you know, that's one that needs. They to grappled do. twice, and neither time did. Either one of them tap each other out, you know, and like I said, uh, John has a paralyzed shoulder at that point. Yeah. He's so, fighting uh, with one fucking arm. <laughs> fighting Horian Gracie? Yeah. So, yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah. Um, but no, it's, no it's definitely legit. But, uh, you know, people don't realize, like, you know, we're, there's a lot of the Shingitai history. You know, like, we, we started the Arnold Classic Grappling yeah. Championship. Yeah. I fought in that, and I took second place. Um, like, that was. Year two thousand. Yeah. When we did that. When did uh, Casey Seabon was one of my main training partners at, okay. the, at John's place. We for like the first few years. Yeah. Me, me and Casey were always training together. So would you say like the the way like the UFC marketed BJJ is kind of what snuffed that out? Well, like yeah. That? I mean, the first few UFCs were a, were a uh, ad campaign for Gracie Jiu Jitsu. Right. Um, Gracie's had the best marketing plan ever. Yeah, you know, you know, my, I'm still friends with Art Davy this, to this day, and Art always said, you know, he did. Art didn't give a shit what style was the best. Mm -hmm. You know, like, like, like who was gonna win? Yeah, you know, he, yeah, yeah. he didn't care who if if Hoist was gonna win or not. He just wanted to see what, what well, the truth. What was the truth? And Horion was more worried about you know. So the first two were the, the cards were stacked yeah. in Hoist's favor to make it a nice streamlined. And uh, it, uh, it it was it was a great infomercial. Yeah, yeah. The UFCs, you know, because like like if you can think back, you know, you know the evolution of all this. You know, you start seeing it's no longer just Gracie Jiu-Jitsu, and right. all of a sudden you're starting to realize there's other Jiu-Jitsu's in Brazil. Yeah. So yeah. then it becomes Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu because you got all these different people. Yeah. Remember when Marco Huaz <laughs> came in? Uh -huh. To me, Marco Huaz is the like Ken Shamrock and Marco Huaz are the two first prototypes of MMA today. Okay. Your first well-rounded fighters. Hoist, Hoist is, you know, the Gracie Jiu-Jitsu was primarily ground game. Yep. You know, there was a couple strikes just to Get there. close the distance, and then it, never a huge throw. It was always just like a... Enough. <laughs> a, a sagging trip. Yeah. Kind of just to get the guy to trip. Enough and, to be on top. <laughs> right. So, you know, it's a... What was I saying? I got two, two, two. I always lose my train of thought every once in a while. Me I too. Flow. It's all good. Hoist. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. So you have all these different jujitsu's now, and 
you know, people didn't realize that. And, uh, even Gracie Jiu-Jitsu has been drowned out. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, so yeah. Now, now Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu is the market where, you know, if you don't have Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu on your belt, then... You know, and I held off for a long time. Sure. Like, because I, I was Ken, Sh I was Team Ken Shamrock. Right. I was so Team Lions. Loyal to So them. even though I trained with a ton of BJJ guys, I had tons of training partners that I spent most of my time with. Jason Godsey and Chris Lytle being one of them. Mm -hmm. Jason Godsey learned from Hicks on Gracie. Yeah. Right. He moved out to California, lived in lived in an alley, like <laughs> in his car, and behind the dojo, and, and trained with Hicks on. So in the Late 90s, early 2000, I was training with Jason Gotts and Chris Lyle. We were all training partners getting ready for Pancras. And because uh, uh, I was supposed to fight in Pancras with Ken, but I got injured. Bro. Mm -hmm. So I went back and uh, I met with a lady named Phyllis Lee. She's ex Pac's mom. Okay. You know, she adopted him as a kid. Got him gotcha. She's an old pro wrestler. Okay. Like female pro wrestler. And uh, she had ties to Pancras. She was Dan Severn's manager, my manager, yeah. Shoney Carter's manager, Jason Gotzi's and Chris Lyle's manager. In yeah, yeah. That's so, awesome. Um, we, you know, I fought in Pancras, trained with Jason Gotzi, fought, fought Minoru Suzuki in Pancras. And then 2000, after my fight in Pancras in 2000, uh, I kind of hit a dry spell. So I was waiting for a fight in Venezuela. And I also, at the time, I was waiting for to go in the military. I was signed up for the, for the Air Force. And uh, I, I actually was supposed to swear in on, sep on 2000, uh, September 11th, 2001. Mm -hmm. Okay, yeah. Uh, but planes were going to right. the buildings that morning, so I, I actually swore on September 12th, 2001. And then went into the military January 2nd. But in between my... My enlistment, you know, because that was, was a delayed entry, I had a way out, but mm -hmm. I wasn't, I didn't want a way out, but if I were to get this fight in Venezuela, yeah, yeah. Know, blah, blah, blah. So my manager says in October, I can have this fight, blah, blah, blah. Called my recruiter, I'm like, is there any chance that I would get my slot? Because I was guaranteed position into what's called combat control, the special mm -hmm. forces of the Air Force. Okay. So I was trying to go into that, and he says, yeah, no, he, he was being a dickhead. You know, being a selfish dickhead. Nah. You know, he knew I wasn't going to go in at that time. But uh, just to be on the safe side, you know, he didn't want to lose me because he knew if I would have done this thing and won, I would have been going to Pride. Mm -hmm. I would have had a Pride contract. Yeah. So my training partner from Indiana, um, uh, what's his name? Um, Alex Steele, the Brazilian killer. Okay. Okay, he won the whole tournament. And at the time, I was, you know, tapping him, you know, he painful. I was like, <laughs> helping with him, teaching him right, right. submission wrestling, you Eating know. him along. Yeah, and, and he went up and won the whole fucking thing. <laughs> oh, shit. Motherfucker. But then again, you know, maybe I would have had a bad maybe, I mean, show. It doesn't matter. I don't know. I think I'm where I'm supposed to be. Yeah, I think so. But I ended up going, joined the military, came in 2000, January 8th, 2002. Uh, lived in Okinawa, Japan for three years. Did the tsunami relief in 2005. I was uh, there in Jakarta, Sumatra, Thailand, and uh, Sri Lanka, helping out that kind of stuff. Yeah. Got to see yeah. the world in awesome. different ways. Been to Beirut, um, France, Germany. You know, I, I've been, it's really cool. I've been able to see the world. And because of that, I, I know that our societies frame of mind and point of view isn't all that there is and it's not the only good thing that exists right, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean I love my country I love America Absolutely. and I love the people in it but I'm not into this pseudo 
stereotyped out caricature of what people think patriotism no. is. No, no, no. <laughs> my patriotism is my loyalty to my brothers and sisters on this planet. <laughs> Absolutely. And then in this country. But, but I, mean, I think probably what inter, uh, international language would be kindness. I'm sure you encountered kindness fucking everywhere you went in some way, shape, or form, Fuck right? yeah, dude. More right? so than not. I imagine so. Like, Even in heinous places. Yeah. Like, you know? I mean, people, the more heinous of the place you go, the more real people are. Yeah. I imagine. Their ego's gone. You know, they're just like, you know. Stripped down. Yeah, because it's just like, you know, that's, that's not even, bullshit's not even a concern to them. Yeah. Their concern yeah. is finding fucking water for yeah. the day. Yeah, exactly. Fuck yeah. Yeah, you know, being in a tsunami and seeing all these fuckers smiling and being so kind to me after everything was just fucking destroyed. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's like, wow, I mean, it turned my head. Dude. That shifts really, your perspective. Very much so. Yeah. And it, it's, it started the, the turning of the worm in my head, you know. I became very less political. I was kind of like super conservative, right-wing sure. kind of thing. I'm not saying I'm anything, you know. Sure, I'm not sure. saying... I, my mind is more, and my heart is more liberal as far as like social things, sure. fiscally conservative kind of thing. You yes, know people I mean? like money, and I like want to help people. Yeah, you yeah. help people to, out, and be taken care of. Yeah, yeah. Like, to be to be one or the other is not, is out of balance. Yeah, you got to yeah. you got to go in the middle. The golden mean that uh, Aristotle, you know, and Socrates were talking about it. You know, it's not being turned into gold. You know, sure, like, sure. And like the alchemists, right, you know, right, right, right. The Renaissance it wasn't about. <laughs> turning lead into gold it was about turning us into gold and mm-hmm. finding the golden mean of our life and that what that is is the balance yep. which know? I think society has got thrown to the wind like you know or at least our society it like, uh, no, it, it, and that's where anytime it's out of balance is when we find any kind of discord and disharmony so yeah but we're so far I mean who knows what the fuck the balance even is yeah, what, yeah. what it can look like at this point <laughs> right it's almost like you know there just has to be a catastrophe to take place almost just to hit a reset button yeah to where it destroys all ego yeah and it just comes back down because without ego all there is is love if you think about it have you ever had a near death experience like, like, like you think you're about to die you honest to God thought you were about to die. Yeah, yeah. What what mattered at that moment? I mean, like my family. Exactly. I mean, snapped that's, to my, that's exactly my mother, right. my father. Yeah, exactly. I've like, had a few near-death experiences. And uh, it always came down to the family and love. Yeah, yep. my, my family and love, that's all that fucking mattered. Yep. And yep. forgiveness. Yeah. I'm forgiving and I'm loving and everything in that moment, nothing fucking matters. Yeah, absolutely. And then experiencing other people's... Yeah, I got lost best friends, stuff like that. That shook it, and I was like, okay, this is what matters. That's the only fucking thing that matters. <laughs> like, right. you know, like, the only reason I, we do, I think, martial arts is, like, to polish all the good stuff, right? Like, yeah. to help each other out, you know? Um, yeah, I've seen some weird shit, but, like, I've always, it's always been balanced out by better shit in martial arts and stuff like that. Or if you look, look for the good stuff, I think. Yeah. Know, if you want to have good shit, you always find bad shit, too. <laughs> yeah, but it's this is a portal. Yeah, I mean, I've I've had some heinous shit happen to me from the martial arts, for not not from martial arts, but from the people within it. And, you know, True. And some oh, yeah. of the most amazing things too. Yeah. But yeah, it's a it's an ultimate network. I mean, it's it opens you up to a lot of possibilities. Yeah. I think like so something is like a society things just we lack communication, right? So again, just no cell phones, no anything. You come and you fight someone like that's. The yeah. most, that's the most genuine connection I think you can make. Yeah, with and you're also like, present. I mean, I, I, grappling is my form of meditation. Yeah. Because I, I I'm not thinking about anything but that, you know. Yeah. And, and I come from a time where 
you know, like we would grapple with one person for an hour straight. Yeah, yeah. You know, keeping a coffee talk pace, but just constantly just flowing, flowing and going flowing, and flowing. The flow of state, yeah. That was something I spent a lot of time on. It's like coming up, was, there's some emphasis on like the flow state, and just like the continuation of movement, and the continuation of the energy, and stuff like that. So, when I was when I had it school out in Okinawa, when I often I put my uh, lateralis CD yeah, yeah, yeah. in the That's background, and all we would do is roll, roll for the, like the whole time yeah. to the thing. There was times I was just so zoned out and just in this fucking state of mind. I was just like, wow, coming in. I was just submissions new submissions were just coming out of me you know i mean but you you weren't struggling at all yeah everything was just pure flow yeah that's hard to portray to people early on you know or people who don't do jujitsu or grappling of any sort like what the fuck are you talking about you're like you don't understand man (laughs) um but what do you think like the the future of grappling is like or grappling or fighting or do you think it's going to come back to pancreas rules and style versus style or is it going to come into something else or like what do you think it's going to be I don't, I don't know if we could ever go back to style versus style again like you know karate versus yeah, judo yeah. you know that that kind of thing i mean it's even even like bjj team versus bjj team i don't i don't know there needs to be more like like the IFL was a good idea, yeah, yeah, something yeah. along those lines. I really like the idea of like uh, quintet, quintet, you know, style type stuff, like getting teams. Sure. You know what I mean? Uh, like to more so match, like stylistic matchups and mm-hmm. stuff like that, yeah. And, and you know, people like make fun of like the combat jiu-jitsu, something, oh, slapping. Well, you dumbasses have never, because yeah. it's not about fingers slapping no. the face. It's a palm heel. Opening something yeah, up. I mean, like, yeah. you, you can knock somebody out faster with a palm heel strike than you can with a, with a closed fist. Fuck anyway. yeah. And uh, Pancrase rules, I believe, was an awesome set of rules. Even being able to grab the rope yeah. to save yourself because yeah. it made it interesting. That is. Um, it, 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 it was, I would say, Pancrase, old school Pancrase rules from the early 90s. The open hand strikes, punch into the body, kicking, kneeing everywhere, shin, shin pad, knee pad, and step pad uh, style, and being able to grab the ropes to break up to five times was a good. Yeah. Like, that, 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 you had to be in shape. Yeah, fuck yeah. You know, Absolutely. And it's, a, it's a really cool, I don't know, it was, it was a gentleman's sport. Yeah. <laughs> it was a gentleman's Truly. MMA. It was really awesome. Yeah. But, you know, speaking of the striking and stuff in jiu-jitsu, you know, like the jiu-jitsu I learned was NHP jiu-jitsu. Yeah, yeah. There was, we weren't, nobody was doing no striking, just yeah. submission, you know, where you can dedicate all four limbs to, to one submission hold, you know what I mean? Where everything I did with it was striking. So as I'm coming back into everything and teaching, it's all this no striking stuff. So I've actually had to evolve a little bit and develop sure. my game to actually hold my own because... If we're allowed to strike, I'm going to, I'm going yeah, to, yeah. you know what I mean? In a striking jiu-jitsu match, sure. I, I guarantee you I can beat a lot more people. Than you know, without it. Right. And then with, it starts evening out when I, I have to do just straight yeah. <laughs> jiu-jitsu. So I have to catch up. Sure. You know what I mean? Sure. There's new tactics, new ways, you know. Um, I got my black belt last year under Carlos Catania. Um, uh, I started out as a brown belt under you know under evaluation and yeah. continued the evaluations and then was finally awarded my black belt that's awesome back in that so I you know I have a judo black belt taekwondo black belt BJJ black belt now 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 you know when I'm talking to BJJ guys about catch wrestling 
and about judo and about leg locks, I can say, look, I understand exactly. Yeah, 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 <laughs> you, know, yeah. you know what I mean? It gives Absolutely. me some credibility, which I always had the credibility. Yeah, you know? yeah. So, yeah, do you think it's, as like a coach and you're traveling and stuff, do you think you feel that you like need a resume? Like, do you feel like you need right. like a Yeah, yeah. You see, the only like, thing I haven't done is register with the IBJJF. Yeah, yeah. And so how do you feel about that type of thing, like having um, a body it, it, like it's that? It's the same problem as the IJF. Yeah. Yeah. You know, that it's, it's fucking over the art. Yeah, <laughs> I agree. You know, and you are having somebody who's telling you when and when or you can or cannot have a stripe and that this organization is the only organization that should matter. Yeah. Shut the fuck, fuck up. that. <laughs> you know, are they in the Olympics yet? No. Okay. At least the IJF. You know, yeah, is yeah. associated with that, right? You know, but I it's like, shut up. <laughs> you know, I might have to. The only thing that's stopping me literally from doing it, and it's been a year, is just simply the money. Sure. I, I don't. I the, the, just the thought of renewing something, and it's like, you know, Carlos Contento. You, you know, like I, he, he, like he said, it was just like, you know, this is. Uh, he gave me my black belt. I don't need to have some other, some other person pay someone say that okay, you never has seen that see yeah, you grappling. You're never even going to meet me or know me or whatever. And it's like that. That to me is a red flag of marketing yeah. and monopolizing and that kind of bullshit. Yep. And I may never do it. I might do it in ten years, and, I'll, and that'll just still hold make it me off. Zero, yeah. It'll still make me a zero striked. Black belt. Yeah. And I'll die before I could even get a strike put on and there. You'll be fucking happy about it. You don't give a shit. Do yeah. I, the only thing I can see I would need it for now at this point is if I had my own school, mm-hmm. my own students under me, and them getting. They wanted to go do that. Do the IBJJF. But even then, I feel like that that straight path to like, oh, we're IBJJF gym. That's it. All right, cool. It's good. I feel like that's dying off. Like, yeah, it needs to because in the world we got grappling industries. You have. As another option, now. yeah, with way Who's, that's rules. growing so big, yeah, way and better rules. I, I probably wouldn't have worked for him if they would have had the shitty, shitty rules. rules. <laughs> you know what I mean? No, it's, I, honestly, guy, I, I really do believe grappling industries is is, is the best out there. Yeah, Fuji's uh, another really good one. Mm-hmm. Tim Morthland. Um Yeah, I've competed with both of them. Both are freaking primo. Like, yeah. I've competed in fucking nagas and all those stuff. Yeah, absolutely. Like, primo. Fucking organization too. Like that's the thing I think that set that used to separate the IBJJF was like their organization or their they said they were organized or whatever. Right. Like now, grappling industries has names, computers. You know, you just type in your name, you're good to go. You know exactly when you're fighting. Yeah, with the smooth that's still, system. It's still not the case. <laughs> IBJJF, like, you know, it's, it's I, I prefer <laughs> the non. I, I'm I'm always an outlier. I'm always uh, you know misfit. Naturally, you know. I'll, Came up in the punk rock. Yeah, that's yeah. You know, you know, the <laughs> you know, it wasn't like a by choice. It's just simply uh, when you're pushed away from all the cliques and circles, yeah. you end up in the <laughs> yeah. I think the alternative scene. Yeah, and that's what I found. Just like spending as much time on math or whatever, you know, like just seeing the people that come in and out, like out, outcasts a little bit here and there, but outcasts find their spot in martial arts more right. more often than not. Like, yeah, yeah, I, I found I did. Yeah, I found mine. <laughs> like, I'm fucking weird. Well, the thing about it is, like, whatever clothes you were wearing on the outside, you're, even if, you know, you're all wearing a gi. This is where I say, yeah. like, it's like masonry, you know. Yep. You yep. take off your street clothes, you put on some nice clothes to go to your meetings. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, where everybody's in the, well, the reason for the change of clothing is the symbology of 
uh, everybody's the same. No mm -hmm. matter if you that person comes in as a doctor, as a couch yes. potato, or whatever yes. clothes you wear as a profession, it doesn't matter. What matters is you are all the same here. Mm -hmm. and, you're, and it's to impose upon your mind that you are all the same, even outside of here. Right. You know what I mean? If you don't see that, you're missing the point. <laughs> yeah. right? you know? You're missing the major key. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, and it's, it's a place where you put the world behind you, and everybody's there for each other, or for themselves. You yeah. Know? yeah. You know, even if you're there for yourself, you're still helping somebody else absolutely by, just by being there yep even just being a drill you partner. can be selfish <laughs> as hell and you know so but then it's a it's i don't know this has been a wild ride so yeah good situation i've seen good and bad and all kind of stuff lately it's just been meeting great people yeah you know, if it wasn't for emil fisher i would have never met any of you guys that's true because he, he literally wyatt routes and said, hey, you're, you're wanting to do leg locks, you should meet Sean Dockers. Uh, yeah, I remember I had a conversation with Emil at some fucking random-ass tournament. I was like, what's up, man? Leg locks are looking great. He's like, yep, yeah, we're working with Sean. I'm like, Sean, Sean. I thought he was talking about Sean Foster. And I was like, well, Sean Foster? Like, when did he get really good at leg locks? And he was, See, you had no idea who yeah, I was, right? Yeah, he mentioned your name. I was like, oh, cool. And then I looked you up on Facebook and shit. Yeah, I'm and the then, first Ohio to ever fight yeah, See. in the UFC or in the MMA all together, but nobody knows who the fuck I am. Yeah. <laughs> Gotta spread the knowledge. <laughs> so, you know, he and I met in 2016, and then uh, uh, me, him, Wyatt, John Gunther, we all kind of had like a regular Sunday thing going mm -hmm. on. Um, Dude, Sunday open math, I swear to Christ, and grappling are like the key to everything. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, I've always called them like beat labs, you know, like <laughs> from Step Brothers. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and then uh, Travis Haynes, he named his gym uh, Matt Lab. And I'm yeah, like, that's yeah. fucking perfect. Fuck yeah, yeah, that, I should have thought of the name Matt. <laughs> yeah, that was good because that's way better than B Lab. We're not really making beats, <laughs> you know. But no, kudos to you, Travis. You yeah. know, great fucking name Pretty of a gym. Amazing. Matter of fact, you know, a lot of my friends are there. You know, Rich Cook is there, uh, Derb Morrison, Evan uh, uh, Rogers, and Sid Morrison. You know, so yeah, like all those the tattoo. Yeah, the tat crew. Tattoo, yeah. yeah, so I'm going to actually start going there, too. Tight, you know, yeah. And, well, I haven't had too much of an opportunity to train with Travis, but uh, there was one time he was teaching class. I hear nothing class. but good things about Dude, him, man. He's an encyclopedia. Like, I took one class with him, and he changed, like, four different things about arm bars and stuff like oh, that. Oh, yeah, Preston Saunders yeah. Is, is there as well. He's a friend of mine. Yeah, yeah. I feel like the Midwest, in Ohio in particular, has started to become a hotbed for... Jiu-Jitsu in particular, but like grappling. I think like Columbus, I would even say, is bigger than Cleveland too. Yeah. Like, like it's it's more with happening Ohio, yeah. down here with Ohio State. Like the influx. Stone style is almost like the monopoly up in Cleveland. I mean, sure, I, mean, sure. I mean, you have a bunch. You have Saws. You have yeah. you know, all those different things. But like, the, as far as MMA, the the premier is 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 the strong style. Yeah. It's, it's been going since 1994. Yeah, like you. If you know anything about UFC, you've heard strong style somewhere. <laughs> right. <laughs> Yeah, so like, yeah, uh, for me, Strong Style is home. Everything about it screams home to me. Like Marcus Marinelli, the owner, uh, he was, you know, one of Louis Simmons' elite lifters, mm -hmm. you know, at Westside Barbell. So when I first got with John, the first person John Saylor introduced me to, he brought me down here to meet Louis Simmons back in 1997 or 98. So I've been studying Westside uh, methodologies and training, and I've always, in my whole like major martial arts career has been training with the conjugate methods. Yeah, yeah. You know, and Louis' uh, tutelage. Now, I'm not a West Side Barbell powerlifter by right. any means, no, but I'm more on the rehab side of things, Study. the longevity, yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. things like that. Um, but, uh, 
but so you've got, and then also uh, Marcus trained under Bart Vale and, and under the Fujiwara Gumi system, mm -hmm. just like Ken. Yeah, yeah, Ken learned from Bart Vale and brought him into the Fujiwara Gumi. Right. So, so there's Ken, or you know, the Fujiwara Gumi, Westside Barbell connection with Marcus, and he and I just were, we're just. We meant I can't. I, I was actually gonna fight there in 2010 before I had to get my. Oh yeah. I, okay. I, get, I was on team and then I got my neck surgery and I'm off team. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Then I had to get my lower back done twice. So. Three times actually. <laughs> three, three surgeries on yeah. lower back. Jesus. So I'm fused in my neck and down here. So. Yeah. Uh, I've been in strong style since 2010. Sweet. One way or another, yep. as a coach or a fighter. Uh, for four years, I took some time off to go back to college. Got my degree in uh, social entrepreneurship. Super cool. You know, social enterprise and business management. That's you know, awesome. Marketing. Most excellent. So I'm trying to be well-rounded. Yeah. I think that's the goal. Like, again, balance, right? Yeah. You just want to come back, find some balance somewhere. <laughs> I, I and I never want to be one thing. Yeah. You never want to be... You know, people are like, oh, leg locks, leg locks, leg locks. I got, hey, man, more than leg locks, Yeah, bro. Yeah, I think it's like... <laughs> I feel like today we're talking about like mount shit for you just like arm bars, whatever the fuck you want to do. Like, you know, like I know, yeah, like I know your leg locks are good, but I was watching all your like arm bar stuff, like that fucking next level stuff too. <laughs> I know leg locks are very hot right now. Leg locks are so hot right now. <laughs> I predicted that too. I predicted judo becoming big and I yeah. predicted leg locks yeah. becoming very big before it ever happened. Before it was like, popping off. Yeah, man. And I, but you know, I'm just dumb ass. I, I just but the other thing that stopped, what stopped me was like nobody knew who I knew, knew who I was. So it was it was the judo and, and leg lock back to back sure. kind of thing that was like prodding me. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. This is your fucking bread and yeah, butter, yeah, dude. Like get out there. <laughs> I mean, I'm not an Olympic judoka or anything, but I am a you know uh, you know, like a wazashi. You know, I'm a technician. Yeah. I understand you know how it on. works and how to give you. I'm really good at giving life hacks. Yeah. You know, that's what I call a lot of my tricks and stuff. The stuff Dude, I teach is just life hacks. After the private that we did, I immediately went and won stuff with the stuff that you That's taught. awesome. Like, it was that's, immediate. That, that, that made me so happy. It's fucking immediate. Yeah, <laughs> and, I mean, it was, it's just little tiny tweaks, yeah. you know, that you need. I like, literally clicked in that last piece and was next level shit immediately. Yeah, isn't that cool? I mean, that, that's the best part of it. Because I it struggled. Granted, it was leg locks at the time, but even then, it tied back into a lot of like armbar stuff for me, and it like connected dots there. It was right, fucking... and, and I don't have a system. Right. If anything, it's more the the Japanese word takemusu, which is spontaneity. I I teach in spontaneity. I learn spontaneity. You know, and my style is spontaneity. I I have an answer innately yeah. for whatever you give me. <laughs> I I. You know, when I teach that, it's very similar and shit like that. Like, I'm glad that there's someone else to back that up. Because in the back of my head, I'm like, Jesus Christ, is this all this random stuff? Just fucking, you know, yeah, yeah, how's yeah. That, how's, is that how it's supposed to be or is that okay? Not that I need, like, ask permission or anything, but, you know. Yeah. Like, I'm glad that you're you're reinforcing that a little bit. Yeah. Uh, Jason Gotze said, you know, you, you, you take an elephant gun squirrel hunting, <laughs> you know, and, and uh, if it can beat an uh, elephant, it can beat a squirrel, you know. That was one saying, yeah. yeah. And another one, just he, she. He teaches a little bit of shotgun. Okay. You know, shotgun information and something hits. Yeah, yeah. A little, little stick. You give a thousand options. And, yeah. Oh, I like this one. Okay, let's take that and let's go, go drill that path. Yeah. Yeah, and then go drill that. But my brain is just constantly. Yeah. It, it's almost like DMT. You know. Yeah. It's fucking spiraling off. Everything is anything. You know. It's. It, That's funny. <laughs> I'm going in and out of like. Uh, 
I just, I'm finishing a book, it's called Food of the Gods by Terrence McKenna. It's uh, about, so uh, yeah, his <laughs> connection with that, like, just basically like the doubling of the, you know, unexplained, you know, doubling of the human brain size over a right, short period right. of time. Exactly, exactly. That, the disconnection there. Well, yeah. and, now, and now we learn from neuroscience that there is a plasticity effect that, that takes place where it actually can heal the brain yeah. of, of uh, you know, like with plaque, yeah. uh, dementia, Alzheimer's, yeah. things like that. And that runs in my family. So, yeah. you know, you best believe I microdose. Fuck yeah. <laughs> Especially when didn't Denver just uh, legalize it. Yeah, decriminalize it. Yeah. So, see, that's, I think, an insane first step. Like, I think that's... Dude, if it grows and it doesn't kill you, you're supposed to eat it. Yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah, that's just the life. That's that's living in accordance with nature. Like, you know what I mean? If we have a receptor for it or some form of positive thing happens, it's the the zealous, you know, it's it's the religious, you know, that tend to have the boogeyman effect. Yeah, yeah. That was literally... Like, just talking about how, like, the dominator cults formed early on and started to, you know, just get yeah. rid of that type of thing yeah. in society. And it's almost like a Taliban. It's like, a, yeah. like in America, it's almost like, dare I say, like a Christian Taliban. Now, yeah, yeah. I used to be a Christian, and I have tons of Christian friends that are very balanced, you know. Yeah, yeah. And they're more like libertarians or something. Right. You know, yeah. they have <laughs> live and let live. Yeah. And there's those who really want to, like, in, inflict their beliefs, which are just belief not scientifically based, I'm not going to get any details about anything, but there's just a general kind of, our way is the right way, God's way is this, well, I don't believe in God, so please don't, Yeah. this isn't science, this isn't actual, these these are beliefs that you're passing off to law. Yeah, don't stuff it down the throat. (laughs) Right, Right. and even when I was a Christian, I didn't believe in that. Yeah. I knew that somebody else didn't have my belief, and they didn't, they weren't obligated my thing, the God I worship taught me to not force anybody else to live according to the way that I live. Right. That's just foolish. Yeah. So we, when it comes to a lot of things in America, things are swayed. Now you have the religious, but you also have the, those who are in power. Mm-hmm. You know, corporations who are going to stop things. Oh, that one little plant that you can just go pick and eat. And nope. I have this pill that says it does the same thing. It costs a thousand dollars. What do you think they're going to do? Mm-hmm. You know, is that was the same thing between, behind marijuana. Anything that's that's labeled self-care, that can be considered self-care, yep. is going to be illegal. It's, yeah. It's yep. trying to be legalized by lobbyists. Yeah. I mean, look at the early on prohibition with alcohol. Like, how it was, a lot of us, I mean, fuck the prohibition with marijuana is a lot of it's baked in racism. Like, it's all oh, of it's, yeah. I mean, most of it is. Between, like, yeah, 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 no, Mexican, like, you know, between, for Mexicans and African Americans. Yeah, like, it's a bunch That's of, what it was targeting. Like, literally, just from, and like, that's, like, jazz time. Yeah, you know? exactly. I just watched, um, somebody like Robert Johnson, like, um, a little documentary about him, but, like, yeah, the, just, like, the illicit activity, they tried to just lay this, slapped it on, and there was nothing was necessarily true about it, but, Right. People ate that shit up. So. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's sick, man. It's, it, it, it's, and that's another thing. Like, you know, we never... Uh, I'm probably not going to go there. Not, <laughs> <laughs> he might lose followers. Or, fuck, we'd fucking do it. <laughs> no, I was just telling some of this, you know, because I, I learned uh, in college, you know, I was heavy into ethics and philosophy, and liberation theology really covered, you know, how we had slavery in America. Mm-hmm. You know, most Christian people will not find it right to own a slave. Right. Right? And, well, I'm found it appalling. But, you teach anybody who 
believes in God, no matter what religion they are, that God is mandating something, that it's God's part of God's plan to do a certain thing. But and then there's zero question about it a lot of times. Like, yeah, the fuck is yeah, that? because now your faith is being questioned. Yeah. Yep. So now you're looking on eternal levels of of judgment versus yeah. just social levels of judgment. <laughs> you know. So you know, it was it was through Christianity that you know it was able to be used. Yeah. You know, you know that it Absolutely. was even able to happen. You know, and then they uh, gave you know taught Christianity to the slaves like a certain version that this is how it is, you know, that their reward would be later. Yeah. You know, they need to be subservient to their masters, you know. And it's like, yeah, I'm kidding. Sad dog. You back? <laughs> so, yeah, it's a, but yeah, there's, there's so many ways that religion has shaped America and when people do say, you know, America's a Christian nation. Well, not constitutionally, mm-hmm. but, not denotationally, but connotationally it has sure. become because of the people that are screaming the loudest. Yeah, yeah, I agree. And, and forming things. Absolutely. Mike's back. What's up, dog? Back. What's happening? <laughs> I per- per- personally rather see a Buddhist nation. Yeah, that'd be <laughs> yes. sweet. But but what throws me off, you know, I see Christian Taliban. You know, like Buddhism and Hinduism. I didn't know this until I got military that they had terrorists too. Sure. You think like the Dalai Lama talk about how Buddhist terrorists are total bullshit? He's like, they're not Buddhist, God. Yeah, right. right. <laughs> well, like, and anyone will say yeah. that. You know, the Muslims say, well, the terrorists aren't Muslim. Christians will say that, you know, that that's not Christian, you know, things like yeah. that. Take everything right. And the Hindus have the Tamil tigers, you know, mm-hmm. never fucking knew. It's like, how, I'm like, how does Hinduism and, yeah, they don't even fucking eat cows, man. They don't yeah. kill us. <laughs> you know, and, and Buddhism, Buddhist, everything is so, like, how in the fuck can you radicalize something like that? I feel like someone will find a way with anything. <laughs> well, look at the straight edge kids, you know, like taking veganism to this other level. To the like straight edge. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And so, I mean, that, even that got radicalized. Violence. Yeah. We'll beat you up if you do drugs. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck yeah. Alright, well, I guess it sounds like I missed some fun. Well, I mean, we were just talking about the evolution of shit, I guess. Like the evolution of fighting and whatnot. And that kind of got into... All right, fucking man. other stuff. Yeah. Evolution of everything. Yeah, fucking yeah, it's society. All right. It's all this. Yeah, we're talking about balance and shit. Right. <laughs> nice. Come back to balance and whatnot. All right. I feel like Speaking that's... of balance, my daughter had a spontaneous invite to a friend's house. Yeah. She was gonna be here all, all night tonight, but oh, she damn. Oh. Yeah, what you been cool? She would have jumped in and trained. Oh, but, uh, she's yeah. she got mad triangles. She's dude, yeah. How old is she? She's ten. Ten. Yeah. Yeah. She's ten. awesome. She's stupid strong. We rolled the other day. And she was pinning me. She's like oh, 62 yeah. pound, 10 year old. She's like, nope, you're not moving. I'm going to set this up. Not you're anymore. about to be on board. I'm like, okay. <laughs> That's always the day. <laughs> no, I told you how she challenged me for that fight. Which one? No, oh, when she turns 15. Oh, yeah. 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 <laughs> Flat out. She's like, when I'm 15, we fight. Why was like 15 the number that like? Wow. Well, I don't know why she picked 15. Because <laughs> uh, it's yeah. close. <laughs> yeah, we're throwing down. It's generally close. Yeah, but she's like jujitsu rules. I'm like, okay, whatever that means. Um. <laughs> jujitsu rules. Uh, yeah, we're talking about uh, like combat jujitsu and just like jujitsu and striking and just like the difference between like pure grappling per se and then like combat well, jujitsu. That is a fun controversy because. Wouldn't wouldn't Elio Gracie say jujitsu has striking? Yeah. You take the striking yeah. out, it's not jujitsu. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah, it's because uh, it, that's part of setting up the submission and well, things I mean, like that. Open hands, you know, smack. Well, you know, watch any greasy yeah. challenge. I mean, you're looking at greasy you jiu-jitsu. Just, yeah, striking. Well, it's sport versus reality, right? Right. You know, it's uh, it's 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 the bringing. I don't even know how does how did it change. <laughs> sport. Yeah. I mean, well, yeah. yeah. You know what it is? Yeah. Insurance. Insurance for competition is probably shaped. Probably shaped like, all right, take strikes out of what you can do. That shapes a lot of what you have, like what schools do. That's what true. You can get insurance on. I mean, heel hooks were like a lot of the, in the beginning of the tournaments, heel hooks were abandoned because of insurance. Okay. Yeah, because you get hurt. It, it, yeah. They're just like because like people were having to pay out with the injury. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. They're, 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 <laughs> because if you didn't know how to defend a heel hook or what a, what a heel hook was, and you got put in it, you're probably losing a knee or an ankle that day. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, with the with the gap and the knowledge gap, if you don't know what it is, or if you just learned it, and you don't understand that you're going to shred someone's leg. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. yeah, matter of fact, one, uh, one of the ma- matches I won in the Arnold Classic, I was inverted doing a heel hook, and uh, the guy said, I didn't even know you could get it from there. He was standing up, oh. you know, and I was underneath, yeah. Yeah, thank Here. you very ton, and we know that's a common that. now. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. All, all this stuff everybody's doing with the leg locks, I was doing back then. Yep. Oh, nice. You know, it's nothing new. Yeah. You know, but it's so hot, but I, I literally am... Yeah. Here, but I don't. I, nobody knows. Literally, again, nobody knows. Oh, yeah. you know. That's like the yeah. up and down of social media being around and not being around. Yeah, like you started yeah. releasing videos ten years ago. No. You know what I mean? Like yeah. some some weird shit like that. Like yeah, it's a timing thing. It man. is, yeah. No, it really is. Because yeah. there's things like I've released like before, like in 2016. I was just coming in, like I wasn't getting any hits. You know, like I've seen a progress from 2016 till now. Mm-hmm. You know, and like now I'll release something, like I'll post something, and then overnight there'll be like 3,000 hits. Yeah, yeah. Whereas the first time I released it, it was only 300 hits. Okay. You know what I mean? Yeah. What do you What do you think changed over just that period of time? Emil Fisher's big mouth. Oh, okay. Spread your name. <laughs> yeah, you know, he was awesome. You know, we we worked things out. You know, it was just like you know, it, this is actually an iron sharpens iron bartering kind of thing. You know, like you know, I've trained thousands of hours with him, like since 2016. We I've spent so much time with him. The only other person that's had more time one on one with me is Joel Bain, the guy who. My student who runs the Snake Pit USA and yeah. the catch wrestling thing. Uh-huh. Um, but as far as leg locks are concerned, like Joel Bain, he's my well-rounded student. He's uh, we we were together for two years, every single day training together. I mean, he was always my right hand man, my team mm-hmm. captain guy. I mean, I gave him everything of mine. Like anything I had, I gave to him. Now with Emil, he specifically wanted leg locks. So with Emil, since 2016, I've spent at least a thousand hours, <laughs> you know, on leg locks with them, conceptual yeah. and, and drilling, drilling, drilling. Uh, now Pablo Castro is his main BJJ coach. He's Pablo's his main like overall guy. Mm-hmm. Um, things like that. I'm just his, you know, I'm at, we're friends, and I'm yes. his, but he went through his journalism and things like that, and his following. He set me up. He's he's made me a few thousand dollars 
Yeah, and, yes. and that he introduced me to Sean Foster, which is, you see this. Yeah, yeah. He changed, he's the, the reason why I'm yeah. Emil Fisher is why I'm right here. Yeah, like you this know, is like specifically. You know, we're talking today. Yeah, being here right now. I, yeah, I remember him dropping your name in conversation, and like it was, it literally like was in the back of my head for a long time because I was like, I think I just lost my footlock or something, and I was like, he's like, oh yeah, working on my footlocks with Sean. Like I gotta get with him. Fuck. <laughs> well, we were talking about that once about how you and I have been this close to knowing each other for about oh like, yeah, 15 yeah, years. yeah. <laughs> Uh, it's like, like, just, just, like yes. the, orbit, the orbits yeah. are still right, right there. Yeah. And also, <laughs> finally, it yeah. finally makes up. Pisces. Yeah, like through martial arts right and through family. Yeah, it's really weird, both weird. training and through family. Really, that's cool. Yeah, yeah. like my sister's best friend, something. Yeah, yeah so there. Like really I saw weird. him in like a family picture with like other families. What the fuck are you doing there, dude? Like <laughs> my mom's house. <laughs> you, did you Photoshop this as a joke? Like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> So it's funny how that works. We all know each other somehow, but it's especially in the martial arts community. In all different martial arts, we're all this yeah. close to and, being. And that's probably something too, you know, they one like away from being noticed. Yeah. Yeah. One yeah. piece of content or one anything. Like, well, you're yeah. all one piece of content and being noticed. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be fucking tight. <laughs> Yeah, anyone listening, launch us all. Just go ahead and just, yeah. just get us kicking. Go. <laughs> um, yeah, I think, like I, we talked about before, like social media being a tool and then also like a weapon if you decide to weaponize it and be a dick about stuff. But like, yeah. other than that, it's you're spreading content. I think jiu-jitsu and grappling has like the best base of that on social media, like in terms of like other arts, like taekwondo oh, yeah, or any fuck anything else, you know, yeah. like we talked about that, but... I think it gives like it's fair. It gives everyone the opportunity to start spitting stuff out. Yeah. Like, and you realize it's a small world. I mean, yeah. Yeah. You know, I met so many people just by introduction. Yeah. Hey, I shot you this uh, oh yeah. Hey. yeah. Uh, it's been, it was really cool. My first podcast I ever did was on Matt Therapy, uh, which is uh, Donna Gonzalez Gonzalez and uh, uh, Becky Dominguez. I don't think they're no longer doing it any longer doing it, but it was in Joey Diaz's. Studio. That's <laughs> uh, but yeah, the Tenth Planet ladies are doing really, they were doing some really cool shit on there. And then uh, another guy named Mark Tullius did his podcast. What is it called? Locking the Cage, I think this was, yeah. this was yeah, called. Yeah, something that we're reading. That was, that was pretty cool. But like, just slowly but surely, just like, I started doing other podcasts and things like that. Just, just, uh, it has to you just gotta throw a thousand pokers into the fire. Back to like shotgun, shotgun approach again. Yeah, <laughs> yeah just, just see where something lands. Throw a thousand punches and hope yeah. one lands. But you know, yeah, I used to be more of the one shot, one kill. But it, I'm realizing that just takes too long, and it's just in this realm, it's just better just to as many different just connect to different things. You know, I've, I, I've got people friend requesting me that have nothing to do with martial arts because of other things that I've said or done or yeah. whatever, yeah. like yeah. maybe in the psychedelic. Realm of things or philosophical side yeah. of things, or that's where I mean, that's your, your brand awareness. Your brand awareness is starting to kick off and like really starting yeah. to bloom up. So. Yeah, and I'm, I'm more of the hippie type, yeah. you know, I'm not the, yeah. I'm from I'm not the, the rogue, the rogue, you know, America, you know, yeah, yeah. everything. Ah, you know, I'm more of the, I'm not even in the competition, yeah, I, yeah, I don't care, I don't, I don't want to be bothered by, by the boss. Yeah, I'll train people for competition. That means I don't have to. You know, the only yeah. time I get stressed out for a competition is when I'm coaching. Yeah, you know, ringside. That's it. Yeah. Even that, though, like that's 
ten times more fun than uh-huh. anything else in life. <laughs> Getting stressed yeah. out anything else. So. Yeah, I love training other people and training and, and doing it for the love of doing it. And when you do it for the love of doing it, you know, I already know I'm, my, my central nervous system is already primed and trained. If I have to do this on the street, I know I can do it. Yeah, yeah. 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 yeah I don't have to live in, in the moment. Like, yeah, kill zone. <laughs> You know, fight ready. Yeah. It's no okay. fun place to live, even anyway. Yeah. yeah. But I find I'm more creative when I'm not in a competition state or no, I'm feeling like I have some kind of stress. I can just let everything flow. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, we're talking about flow states a little flow bit. Flow states? Well, Dude. I mean, yeah. Oh, there's some science jumping in my brain right now to explain that. And I can't grab all of it. <laughs> um, about why that's happening. Oh, because your cortisol levels are being low. Because if you get your heart rate up, nope. like when yeah. I teach people, I don't like to do a warm up beforehand. I'll keep it down so their brain is clear. When I teach people, when I'm actually in the teaching phase, I want yep. their heart rate low mm-hmm. so that they don't reach fight or flight where the cortisol mm-hmm. dumps and allows the, doesn't allow the dendrites That's to make right. connections. Yeah. Yeah. So, after yeah. you. That's what I was <laughs> because if your heart rate's up and your right. dendrites aren't making connections, no matter what I teach you, yeah. it's not going to get it. Now, what we do is I teach in that level and I get people to absorb and dial in with a low heart rate, and then, once they've got the muscle memory of it, yeah. then you go under situations, you train it in situations, you do reps yeah. in situations of, the, of yeah. duress. Yeah. Situation, you actually have something to go back to. Yeah, yeah, you're actually yeah. going, you know, heart rate. So, yeah. so, when we fight or flight, we, it's yeah. not a learning state of mind, it's a reaction state of mind. So it's all the things that we've already learned and dialed Just into ourselves or programmed yeah. in our bodies, that's yeah. when they come yeah. out. Yeah. And it's automatic reactions. Yes. Yeah. Crazy. You just dialed it into your yeah. mitochondria. Yeah. yeah, it's there. Yeah, it's now uh, instinct. Yeah, I've been, um, I've been sort of researching that by by proxy almost. I started reading this really funny book um, called uh, basically How to Be Batman, and I thought it was I didn't expect it to be like a really good scientific grant, and it ended up being it's been being a, a complete review of my exercise physiology degree. It's super <laughs> in depth and. So it's all coming back to me, and then, you know. And then I've been um, researching flow states a lot, and then just the sort of neural networking of that, and it's been a really fun to connect it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah I've, I've like microdosed LSD to, to get there fast. I haven't gotten that fast yet. I'd like to do the magnetic one. They, um, military's been doing this a lot with um, training snipers. Of um, it's basically like electroshock therapy. They turn off your frontal lobe and put them in a flow state and teach them something, and they learn it like that. How the fuck do they do that? Oh, with a magnet. Electromagnetic field or just a magnet magnet? Um, I haven't seen it. I don't know all the details yet. Because if it's just a magnet, I remember, there was <laughs> these, remember the magnets came out like it was 1998-ish. There was like magnets were making a surgeon's knee can. Yeah, 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 yeah. Magnets <laughs> for healing and mm-hmm. stuff like that. Yeah, I, I, used to, I used to put them up here for my headaches, but it didn't work. I have two. <laughs> but I wore both things on my knee, but I never, yeah. uh, to be honest, I never felt anything. I never felt Yeah, I had a couple of those. Like, uh, no, but it's electromagnets. High gauss magnets. Yep, I know you're talking about. No, but it's just It's an electromagnetic shock. Yeah, literally just. Oh, so it's kind of like a, what do they call those? Magnetic pulse? The, the, yeah, a little the, bit. When they, like when they shut EMP down. EMP, 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 yeah, yeah. yeah. You're it's EMP, a little bit like you're EMP. basically EMP. Wow. But it's like a lottery. Pretty much. Just an electronic like, yeah, lottery. It's, just, yeah. <laughs> it's the overthinkers being shut down. It's probably yeah, what's this, happening. Just chop them Woody Allen and be quiet. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's
You got anything else you want to press on? Probably get um, ready for class here soon. Yeah, I'm sitting I'm going to get ready. No, I'm just happy I made it back and you guys are still talking. I can't wait yeah, to listen to it. We're shooting the shit yeah. with a recorder on, so that's cool. Okay, isn't that what we do anyway? <laughs> that's it, yeah. That's kind of how it is. That's the podcast. In, in true coffee regular fashion, I just got something in the background. Always. Yeah. Music change. This time it's not a toilet, shower. Toilet flushing, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck it. <laughs> Organic's better. Oh, I'm about to go pee, so. Yeah. Alright. Cool, we'll wrap it up. wrapping it up. Boom. Thanks so much. Thank you for having me. Keep your coffee regular.